Um, welcome, glad to be here this evening with you and uh, have you here. Uh, as Andy said, um, we're continuing on in, uh, in our series on 1 Corinthians. And um, last week, um, uh, we were talking about our bodies, our physical bodies. And um, if, if Paul was addressing an, uh, an attitude or an issue uh, that we were looking at last week, it might be sort of the, the idea or the approach that sort of, it's my body, I can do with it as I want. And, uh, and so I'd recommend, if you don't pick up Loveology, then just go pick up Andy's sermon from last week, and his talk would be great uh, if you missed that last week. Um, but that was the approach we were talking about. Paul was talking uh, about saying that, you know what, our, we can't just take a, an approach to life that says we're free to just, do, our, our bodies, we're free to do anything we want with our bodies. That actually our bodies mean something, and, and uh, that's where Paul describes it as a, a temple, uh, God's temple. And tonight, if, we, if there was a phrase that would uh, capture sort of what Paul is addressing, I think, the spirit and the attitude in the Corinthian church, it would be, uh, if last week was, it's my body, I can do with it as I want, this week it would be, it's my life, I can live it the way I want to. It's my life. Who are you to tell me what I do with my life? It's my life. Um, we, we'll see over and over in this passage, we, are, we heard so many times Paul's referring to this idea about our own freedom and our own rights. It's that sense that I can do what I want. Well, um, in, as we read in the passage, uh, this, the first thing that Paul deals with, with in this, this passage here is about eating meat sacrificed to idols. Now, I know last week was sex and we're finished with that. So now we're down to the issue that really affects all of us is meat offered to idols. Because I know you were up last night thinking about that and just really wrestling with, I know this is such a big theological debate at the moment and I'm just not even sure where I should buy my meat and if I even should eat meat at all. No? I wasn't either except for my sermon prep. Paul, when he says now concerning meat offered to idols, that's sort of a trigger for us in, in Paul's writings is that he's answering a specific question that's been posed to him. That, that there's, there, there, you know, sort of people have sent him letters and notes and cards and said, Paul, we need you to help us with this. It's interesting that in, the, um, in Acts 15, there was sort of this council in Jerusalem because there were issues that were coming up as the gospel was spreading to Gentiles. And, and in the, in the uh, council in Jerusalem, uh, they sort of just made, they were like, how, how do, do we make them follow all the laws of the Jews or do we not? How do we deal with that? And, uh, and so the council met in Jerusalem and they sort of just said, there's just a few things. And one of them was don't eat meat offered to idols. And yet here we are now a bit later and, and the question is popping up to Paul to say we, we need help in Corinth because we're trying to understand what, how to apply that, what all this means and how to deal with this. Some scholars would say that the, that what the council when they sort of were saying don't eat meat offered to idols, um, the context that they understood and saw was, um, was in Jerusalem and, and the surrounding areas that they hadn't even conceived of what, it, what life would be like in Corinth. That you might not even hardly be able to buy meat that hadn't been offered to an idol. And so they, they, the church is sort of, what, what exactly do we do? And, and obviously some people are just saying it really doesn't matter. It's my life, I can live it like I want. And, and Paul says, well, actually, on one hand, we recognize theologically that there's only one God 
God the Father and his son Jesus Christ. And if there's only one God, then if food has been offered to some idol, well, that's not really a God at all. There's no authority there. There's no power in that idol. There's no, nothing at all. So it's, it's sort of meaningless, especially as compared to who God is and who the Father is and who Jesus is. So Paul says on, on one hand, it absolutely makes complete sense and it's absolutely right. It doesn't matter. He's, in fact, he says, eating meat, not eating it. He says it's, it's basically, he gives the definition of what something amoral is. Not immoral, but amoral. Something that's neither right nor wrong. He says, I don't benefit if I eat it, and I don't, there, and I, nor do I harm myself if I eat it. It's sort of morally neutral. But then he starts to say, but you know what? There might be times when it, was, it would be worth laying down my right to eat the meat offered in a temple. And it would be for the sake of someone else. Now, I'm not going to go into it, but I'm encouraging you, read along, because there's actually two times uh, here in chapter 8 and then again in chapter 10. And if you're reading with us this week, he addresses this issue twice from two different sort of angles. But this particular one is even more particular because it's about about actually not just eating meat to idols, but actually eating meat offered to an idol in a temple. (laughs) Now, I, I was trying to think, how do, how do you relate to that? How do we re- even relate to that today? And, um, and then I thought of karma over here. Karma is a, is a little um, Indian restaurant on the other side of, uh, of Olympia. And uh, on my first visit uh, to St. Barnabas, when, uh, when my son and I were here uh, visiting and uh, begin having a first conversation about coming to St. Barnabas, we were walking all around the neighborhood and we walked past karma and I was like, people out eating dinner and that looks like really good curry looks like good Indian you know and um and so uh, I you know got out my phone and looked like ooh, it's rated you know it's like it's like 4.4 stars or something like that and so uh, the next night I think that night or sometime and Harrison and I we went over there and had a curry and it's like oh this is really good now it says karma on the outside I'm not, I, don't, I don't believe in karma. <laughs> but I have no issue of going and eating. In fact, actually, the men go, we go to karma nights all the time and we you know, have a curry night at karma. But imagine with me just for a minute if, if, um, if in the back of, of karma, imagine if they had a little shrine there and if we came to find out that when all the meat and everything was brought in, they sort of went and offered it at the shrine to whoever it was, and then they sort of took it down to the kitchen and and made the food. Now, Paul would be saying, you know what? It it doesn't really matter. It doesn't change the the substance of anything that's going on because what's happening there is kind of irrelevant as it compares to who Jesus is and who God is. But now say I met somebody. Say somebody was coming to the church, new to the church, and, and, and had new to faith in Jesus. And they had actually been going to karma as part of their worship. They'd actually been taking food and offering it up to an idol and in the back and then sending it down and then eating it and feeling like that, that in doing that, that was the way that they were worshiping and participating in worship. It would be really confusing for them if they saw me sitting in karma, eating my curry. It's now not just sort of morally neutral because now all of a sudden, it's confusing. 
And that's basically what Paul is saying. You know what? There are times when we can do something that seems absolutely we have the right to do it on the one hand. But on the other hand, it actually could cause somebody to lose faith, to misunderstand. And so he says, you know, in those cases, it's worth us laying down our rights. Instead of just doing what we want, it's worth laying down and saying for the sake of someone else. Well, Paul goes on and not just, he's not just talking about that sort of um, in, in relationship to, to idol. You can, I know you could be relieved. Okay, we're done with that. We won't have to talk about that subject anymore. He moves on though to very, something very personal for Paul. He talks about his own rights as, as an apostle. He said, you know what? He said, uh, for Barnabas and I, we actually earn a living doing something else so that we can be apostles. He said, we, we don't actually rely on the churches and the people that were there to, to take care of us and to provide food and to provide a, a living. In fact, he's really specific. He says, he says, in fact, we're sowing spiritual seed. And he said, I have every right as somebody who's sowing spiritual seed to expect that I would get a harvest in, mon- in money. It's perfectly acceptable, he said. In fact, every, all the other apostles do it. In fact, not only do they, do, they, do they get paid and taken care of, their wife, and their, fam, their wife and their family and everybody come with it. It's part of the deal. And he said, but however, he said, I've chosen to lay that right down. He literally says his, the, that right to get paid for the work that I do in the kingdom, I've laid that right down in order that that's just not a stumbling block when I come and visit you in order that there's nothing else sort of standing in the way and that money doesn't get in the way. Now, I'd just like to make an announcement about Andy and myself and Jean-Luc. We didn't feel that call. No, 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 no. No, don't go to the PCC and say no. Um, yeah, but he says, in, in as, as it relates to him, he's giving an example of, I've laid down my own right to be paid for the work that I do in order that nothing gets in the way of the call of, that God's given me. Well then, we, that was sort of the passage we didn't read tonight and it just seemed a little long to make Anne to include another, you know, 13 verses or something in there, something like that. But then he comes back and, and, and at the end of that then begins the passage that many of us will be familiar with Paul saying, and you know what? He said, we've become a Greek to the Greeks We've become Jews to the Jews. We've become weak for the weak. We've become all things to all people. It's this, this sense that the cultural diversity of the church, Paul's saying, you know what? If we're going to reach the world with the gospel and the message of Jesus, then that means we're going to have to adapt culturally to the people that we come across if we're going to reach out to them and we're going to, we don't want to let those things stand in the way of the message of Jesus. I was thinking about that in that part of that passage and I just began to think about St. Barnabas. I mean, not St. Barnabas that Paul talks about, but St. Barnabas, us here. That's really the attitude that we've taken as a church for in, in a lot of ways for a long time, but especially significantly in the last few years. We've, a couple of years ago, um, 
we started the first alpha up here that we did. Uh, we did alpha for the first time a couple years ago in, in English, in French, and in Farsi. Why did we do that? Because we all of a sudden had some Farsi speakers coming and they were saying, help us. We don't know the, we don't know the scriptures. I have to tell you, so up here, we'd, we'd, watch, we'd go up here and watch the video right up here in the chancel area. And then we'd have our, uh, our group. Now, I was leading the Farsi speaking alpha group. He's <laughs> laughing, uh, laughing back there. I was leading the Farsi speaking alpha group. And um, I, I had an interpreter but let's just say that it didn't quite go the way that it was planned. <laughs> and for however many weeks, what is it, eight weeks of Alpha or something like that? For eight weeks of Alpha, I probably knew where the conversation was going 10% of the time. Most of the time, there's just conversation going on in Farsi. And every once in a while, I get like, I remember one time asking, like, somebody had talked for about four or five minutes. And I, I turned to the person who was doing the translator and I said, what did they say? And he said like five words. And I was like, it had to be more than that. I mean, anyway. And I, I remember just sort of, as, as, as conversation was going on, I just remember praying and just saying, Lord, all I know is we presented the gospel up there and it was, they read it, you know, it was subtitled, they were able to read it. And I'm trusting that Holy Spirit, as we've been praying, that you're somehow in this conversation guiding it because I have no idea what else is, you know, what's going on. And I, I'm doing my very best in every leadership technique I know, but I don't know what to do. Just let them talk and believe God's at work. But you know what, now we've done that. This is the third year now that I think we've run Alpha and Farsi. And now over here at the 1030 service, somebody sits back here in the corner and they translate the service from English to Farsi. And this whole set of, of pews over here is full of Farsi speakers. We become Farsi speakers to the Farsi speakers. <laughs> we've got Black History Month that, that uh, Andy mentioned earlier. Why, why are we doing that? Well, because, because well, first of all, we just want to know the people that are of color in our congregation that we love them. We know there's a painful story and a painful message and there's been injustice done. And so we want to say, we, how do we help celebrate your culture and who you are and what you bring to the table? But you know what else? We also want that so when somebody of color comes into this church and they see something like that, they say, oh, I think I'm welcomed here. I think this might be a place and maybe these people really do care. We could just start going on and on. It could start to sound like the notices again. But, you know, there's, we, we do soft play. Why? Because there's moms and parents that have kids that they're in a place and they need something to do with them. And it gives us an opportunity to, to bring them into the church and to engage with them, to become all things to all people. French Connect. Starting a French service and doing raclettes and wine tastings and uh, World Cup football. Yeah, I'm not even going to try and say that word because I mess it up. I can no, anyway. <laughs> it's either a razor or a pastry or a vest that you wear. I'm never sure. It's all the same word, sort of. I'm never sure how to pronounce it. Anyway, <laughs> we do all these different things to reach out and, and French connect because why? I think we want to be. A, we want to reach out to the French speaking. 
It's not easy to do all that. It's so much easier just to sort of say, you know what, let's just do church. Let's come in here and sort of do the simple thing and, you know, sort of do what we need to do and go about it. But, you know, it's just sort of, it's that same sort of thing. Laying down our sense of it's our right to just do it the way we want to do it. To say, you know what, we're going to give of ourselves and do things differently in order that we can reach new people. I think that's what Paul's trying to get out to us today is... Yes, it's our right. It's our life. But how much more powerful is the freedom that we have in Christ? Real freedom is not saying, I'm just so free I can do whatever I want. Real freedom is being able to say, I know that I have the ability to do anything I want. And I choose. I choose to do this, to serve them or to serve him. That's what freedom is. And that's what Paul's calling us to do. In a minute, Andy's gonna come up and um, share a little bit more about the first serve. But I, two things that I'd love for you to, to think about tonight, and we'll just take a moment to pray before Andy comes up, but two sort of takeaways for this week. One is I just would like to encourage you there may just be one or two of us here, but it may be maybe others as well. But maybe there's something in your life right now that you sort of, you know, that even as this message and we've been talking, you sort of know that it's an area for you that this, that your attitude has been, hey, it's my life. I can do this. I can do what I want. It's my life. And maybe God's just speaking to you tonight to say, yeah, it's your life but I actually have something better for you and greater for you if you choose to do this other thing. If you choose this, it would be better than what you think you're doing right now to serve yourself. So I just wanna give room for that and, and even encourage us this week to, to keep that in our prayers. Where might the Lord be wanting to speak something about our own freedom and what we do? The other is an invitation that Andy will come and share a little bit more about in a minute. And that is an invitation to serve here. To serve here at the church. We've got, as we go out to be all things to all people around us, to reach Kensington and reach the people that God's putting across our doorstep and driving past or walking past or whatever it is that we encounter in our day-to-day -day lives, it's an invitation to say, we're free to serve. We're free to engage in that mission. And in doing so, to reach people that don't yet know Jesus. So let's just take a minute. I just want to give about 30 seconds or so or a minute of, of silence to just reflect about where for you to, in your heart. And uh, I'm going to say a prayer and then invite Andy to come up. Lord, we thank you that you said you came to give us life and to give it more abundantly. Lord, we also thank you that you came to set us free. So many things in our lives that have bound us and yet in you we found freedom. Tonight, Lord, may you speak to our hearts 
about how we use that precious gift of freedom. How, Lord, we live in a way that is not just about saying it's my right, but saying I freely choose. I freely choose to lay down my right. Lord, direct us this week. Stir our hearts. Show us the higher things that you're calling us to. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.